0: the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice, whether you're just getting started or looking to grow. That's keepdreamingup.net. Welcome back to this crossover podcast episode of Locked on Bears with Locked On Panthers, previewing this Sunday's matchup between the two teams for Week 7. My name is Lauren Cox, and I am the host of Locked On Bears, and I am joined by Bill Rossetti, the host of Locked On Panthers. Bill, for my listeners at Locked On Bears, let everybody know who you are, where you write for, what you do in the world, and where they can find you on Twitter.
1: Yeah, so, like you said, I'm the host of Locked On Panthers, and I also write for the Panthers Wire over the USA Today blog, and um, been, co- been covering them for a few months now, so it's been fun. And then do some side things as well, do a little college football, try to get into the draft and the playoffs, and do some college basketball work as well. So I'm kind of a little all over the place, so it's it's fun. I, I
0: enjoy it. And what about your Twitter handle? Where can they where can they find you? On Twitter? Oh
1: yeah, and uh, you can find me at Bill underscore R I C C E T T E. Follow me there for. Anything and everything, really.
0: All, all sports, all time of year, of course. Bill is a great follow on Twitter. For your listeners, I am a writer also in the USA Today world at bearswire.usatoday.com. I'm also an analyst at Pro Football Focus, and I dabble a little bit in Draft Breakdown. You can follow me on Twitter at coxsports1. It's like Fox Sports 1, but with a C. Never never get enough credit, I think, for that handle, though. every once in a while someone will recognize, I think, the genius in emulating a failed sports network. But still, uh, <laughs> it's it's always a good time on Twitter. I hope all my listeners will follow Bill, and I hope we can keep the conversation going on there because we're going to have, I think, a fun matchup this weekend between a couple of teams that are, are you know, certainly I think the panthers are the the more respected the more talented team but we've started to see some volatility here and the nfl on the whole a lot of parity and volatility this season in terms of you know the panthers four and one to start the season and then look a little bit vulnerable against an eagles team and they had you know they played a real close low scoring game against the bills and then lost to the saints but other games they've kind of come out and you know took it to the 49ers and played the patriots really well there's sort of some up and down here but they still look like one of the better teams in the NFL. And then you have the Bears who are, are trying to turn over a new leaf here with a, with a rookie quarterback trying to uh, play better than they started with Mike Glennon under center, see if those changes can make a difference. They, they got the overtime win last week against the Baltimore Ravens, and now they return home for the Panthers here, and they'll be taking on a, a tough Carolina Panthers defense. They, you know, they, they had the game against the Saints. They allowed 34 points, and a, as of late, They've, they've been a little bit more vulnerable, but where do you see the strength of this Panthers defense lie right now, Bill?
1: De- definitely the front seven has really been kind of the the key point for this defense, and particularly in the middle of the three linebackers. Um, yeah. It was real nice to see that Luke Keekley avoided a concussion because that would have been really a, a huge blow. You can even tell the players when they when he was going through the concussion scare. The players themselves were just in shock and you know guys like Ed Dixon were just hoping he didn't have a concussion cuz they knew that his style of play his level of play just couldn't be replicated by really anybody so for him coming back is going to be huge and the the front the defensive line too has been outstanding Julius Peppers has seemed to have taken a sip of water from the fountain of youth because he has been a monster in the pass rush. I think he's got around like six and a half sacks already, which is pretty impressive for his, for his age. You know, coming back as that veteran presence first year back in Carolina and just being one of the leaders of the defense and the Mario Addison has played well himself. He has, he has a few sacks. So the, the pass rush and the, the three linebackers, I think have been the, the key component. And then, you know, no disrespect to, to the interior defensive lineman of, guys like Lele and Short. So that, that's really where the Panthers have been making their money, kind of so to speak, uh, especially on the defensive side.
0: Well, the Bears had some trouble last week with the pass rush against the Baltimore Ravens. And Mitchell Trubisky, in, in his two games this year, his accuracy drops under pressure. And he does a good job of using his mobility to get out of the pocket. And, and a lot of times he's just forced to throw it away. They've been trying to emphasize a little bit more... Uh, of taking care of the ball with him this past week after Game 1 had a couple of interceptions when maybe he tried to do a little bit too much. But what what made the Ravens effective, particularly early on, that they got away from what was containing him, particularly on rollouts. How have the Panthers' pass rush fared against a little bit more mobile quarterbacks? I know they haven't had a ton of opportunities, but like a Tyrod Taylor, for example, how well were they able to corral him in the Bills game?
1: Yeah, he... Taylor really didn't didn't do a whole lot. They really kind of stymied that offense. The Bills kind of struggled to move the ball in general, so they they kind of held their own. I thought against Taylor, he really didn't get a chance to get out too much. So I think, like you said, I think this will be kind of like that similar type of game here. So I th- I think they should be okay in uh in staying home and uh, keeping Trubisky where they need him.
0: I think what the Bears offensive line has struggled with sometimes this year in the Ravens, when they would get aggressive and bring, you know, not necessarily seven, eight blitzers, but they bring a couple extra rushers and they move them around a lot. and it's a, these stunts the Bears had trouble picking up. If a couple of guys move around, they'll got, the, the guards won't properly communicate with the center. And they'll let someone through, or, or maybe someone will end up looping around the outside and be able to turn the corner uh, around the, the Bears' offensive tackles. Have you found that the Panthers, do they, you know, do they like to just get just let Julius Peppers rush one on one on the edge and let Kawan Short get one on one with a guard, and you know maybe Latu takes two guys in the middle, and you know, or are they a team that likes to move them around a little bit? Because I noticed that. They seem to be blitzing more this year with their new defensive coordinator than any other year under Ron Rivera. What, what do you think has been the key there?
1: Yeah, I, I think you could credit that to even going back to the linebackers guys like Shaq Thompson I think has been a little more active than he's seemed to be in the past um, but yeah I think guys like Short have been kind of attack in the middle like, like you said he's kind of taken advantage of some of the situations and yeah, I, th- I think they've been focusing a little more on some of the other guys, so it's seemed to free peppers up a little bit. So I, I think it's just kind of situations that the uh, that have been favorable to the Panthers that have allowed them to get into the position that they've been in in these few weeks.
0: Well, a lot of teams in the NFL now. They primarily play out of their nickel package with five defensive backs and most teams do uh, some sort of 4-2-5 with four guys on the line of scrimmage and two linebackers back. But the, Raven- the, the but the Panthers have been a team this year that consistently stayed in their base defense more so than nickel. One of the few teams in the NFL that it isn't afraid to keep three linebackers and four defensive linemen in the game even when other teams try and spread them out a little bit. And I know they're a team that uses zone quite a bit more than man coverage. That's more of their bread and butter. But you think that's more a case of Shaq Thompson's athletic ability to sort of be able to keep up almost like a defensive back playing in at linebacker?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Shaq Shaq is kind of that kind of hybrid type player that you're seeing become more and more popular around the NFL. Like I said, he's just been even seems like even more so than his, the early in his career he's just kind of flying around and feeling more comfortable on the field and it's allowed the panthers to keep him on the field with davis and uh Keighley. you know and i think it's just more his pass rush ability but even his uh, pass coverage hasn't been too bad so it, it's been it's it's been very effective it's you know especially with how kind of banged up they are a little bit in the secondary because of course, Kirk Coleman has missed the last couple games, so they're and Demetrius Cox is injured, so they're not exactly deep at defensive back. So it also that kind of has forced them to keep three linebackers. Uh, but Shaq has shown that that's not necessarily a problem for them that they can afford to stay in that four three through most of the game.
0: I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of that in this one, as the Panthers are going to focus on trying to slow down Jordan Howard, and Mm -hmm. it's not as though he's had quite the phenomenal numbers as last year. I mean, last week against the Ravens, the Bears gave it to him 36 times, and it took uh, more than 30 before he could break one off longer than 11 yards. The Bears were just consistent in the two, three-yard gains and holding it up. So how has this panthers base defense done generally speaking in in stopping the run obviously there's going to be some variation from week to week but is is there a team that that feels pretty confident in their ability to to slow down even a a team that's going to give the ball 44 times like they did last week
1: yeah it's kind of kind of up and down because you know some teams have had success against them and some of some of the panthers have done better you know carlos hyde ran the ball pretty decently he didn't get many carries I think he only carried like nine times, but he still carried it for about 45 yards. So Hyde in week one didn't do too bad. Um, the Saints running backs had success against them because I think Alvin Kamar had a receiving touchdown against them. So th- this is definitely a spot where, you know, I and l- like you said, they could they could feed the ball to Howard. So if they pound the ball with him, chances are Howard – could break one a little bit maybe maybe not a home run but I think he'll get he'll get his yard so yeah that, that's definitely going to be a matchup and um, I would expect them to sprinkle some Tariq Cohen in there as well I mean I don't know how it seems like he's been kind of sprinkled in a little bit too maybe not as much as week one but I I still expect to see him a little bit because of how talented he's already shown to be in, in these first couple of weeks so I, I think this The Bears' run game could have a a little bit of success. Is it going to be enough? I don't know because with the way Trubisky being up and down, I think the Panthers, like I said, can corral him. But I I think you could definitely see the running backs put up some numbers on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I think you're going to see a similar game plan this week for the Bears as far as trying to make it as easy as possible on the rookie quarterback. Sometimes maybe – too easy, like babying him a little bit more and mm-hmm. not necessarily letting him try and run the full offense sometimes. And I think they're going to try and, you know, get some one-on-one matchups with these receivers when the Panthers stay in that base defense. And one of the things the Ravens did very well last week was getting physical at the line of scrimmage. They they Their cornerbacks pressed the Bears wide receivers. A couple of inexperienced players in their second career starts, really, Tanner Gentry and Trey McBride. And they were really they struggled to separate when they were pressed. I know the, the Panthers. I mentioned it earlier. They're one of the teams that runs the, the, as little man coverage as most of the teams in the NFL. But in terms of that cover two, and you know they do a lot of three, especially when they had Josh Norman. Do they press pretty consistently, or are they more a field boundary, or are they a team that likes to sort of stay off a little bit and let the play play out in front of them?
1: Yeah, it feels like the latter. There kind of. Let the plays come to them, uh, but they there—that does lead them to into trouble sometimes. You know, I was mentioned sometimes they could get burned by the deep ball. Um, they—they've done a good job recently, though, of containing people. Because I expected last week, I thought Alshon Jeffrey could have had a big game against the Panthers, and he really didn't. So I, they—they've done a better job, kind of holding other receivers in check. So. You know, and with the young crew that the Bears have, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of handle these guys. You mentioned Trey McBride and others, so I'll, I'll be curious to see, um, you know, especially who who will get matched up with Bradbury because they kind of stay on their their respective sides as well. So uh, it'll be interesting how the Bears kind of deploy their, their, those guys.
0: But with the Panthers' injuries in the secondary, it's not exactly premier matchups on the mm-hmm. outside here. It's definitely a, an offensive line front versus front seven. You know, running backs and tight ends versus linebackers. One of those sort of old school kind of matchups and maybe that makes it more like a the Buffalo Bills game in terms of results than maybe the the Lions game where the score starts to get a little bit higher, even the Panthers the Patriots game. But the other side of the ball, it's not as much I mean, it's a similar story, but not quite as much. I mean the the, the Panthers the wide receivers haven't been overly productive this year but they've there's some talent there and i think you Mm -hmm. can describe the bears cornerbacks in a similar way prince of mukamara they brought in this offseason formerly from the jaguars and giants he's been having a a pretty strong season and and kyle fuller opposite him had his best game of the year last week maybe not always dominating either way but uh, starting to come together a little bit here and now we've got Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches that have some of that size that maybe the Bears can't match up on, and and Christian McCaffrey plays a little bit at wide receiver too. What's been what's been I guess the holdup a little bit for these wide receivers' production here? You would think that a, a Benjamin and a Funches might be in line for a little bit more production this year.
1: Yeah, Funches he, he's he's been up and down to, to say the least. I we still expect them to kind of take that next step to take that big jump, and it hasn't fully happened. He he continues to show flashes, but it's just not there consistently. Benjamin really is kind of the only consistent one there. He was really the only offensive player in general that kind of fully showed up, I would say, against the Eagles because really that whole offense kind of went to sleep. But I, I kind of credit to the offensive line too, uh, particularly Matt Khalil. He just has continued to struggle. He's not—he's pl- nowhere near played up to the contract that he received in the off season, you know. So it, it puts Cam under pressure, and, and they struggle to run the ball. So it really puts a lot of pressure on Benjamin, and you know, uh, more often than not, he steps up to that pressure. But it—it it, it does hurt his numbers, and you know, again, the fact that Funchess hasn't taken some of some of the attention away from Benjamin. And Dixon is kind of hit and miss. You know, it, it's going to lead to not as high numbers that you expect to see. But again, like I mentioned last week with the corners against Alshon Jeffrey, thinking um, he would have a big game. You would have thought with uh, the size of Benjamin and Funches against the corners that the Eagles have, you would have thought those two would have had bigger games than they did. And it, and it really didn't happen. And it goes again back to the run game struggling and. The offensive line being kind of up and down, so it's. I, and I guess this Bears matchup is kind is kind of similar. It's not exactly your star studded. It's it's not your household names at corners, but it, they're guys that can that can kind of hold their own. Like you said, Kyle Fuller has really kind of bounced back, and Amukamara has always been a steady corner. So going up against these big guys. um I think the Bears might be able to handle their own. We'll see if um, these guys can finally use their size to their
0: advantage. And I think part of that's going to be, like you mentioned, the offensive line giving Cam Newton enough time You know, for these physical receivers. It's one thing, you know, Calvin Benjamin can run a short curl, curl route, sure, and, and use his size to pick up three. But if you want to have him win you know, a, a, a jump ball down the sideline where he can just box somebody out and make a play – it's going to take time for him to get downfield and get in position if he even gets the matchup that he's looking for. And so when you have someone like Matt Khalil not really holding up well at left tackle, maybe a little bit of occasional iffiness from a Tyler Larson or a Trey Turner on Mm -hmm. the interior, not that they're bad, but just not as consistent maybe as an Andrew Norwell or even a Darrell Williams at right tackle. I think he's been playing pretty well. But Mm -hmm. do you you think – the offensive line is the, the reason why I know statistically we're not seeing as many deep pass attempts from Cam Newton this year. Not that it's incredibly low, but compared to previous years, it seems like he's taking fewer shots. Do you blame the offensive line there?
1: Yeah, it, and I hate to continue to single him out, but it's important. Yeah, I mean it. It goes back again to Mac Khalil. You know, I, I hate to keep dropping his name, but. More often than not, he seems to be beat in pass rush, or he's struggling to create holes. And I think that's really one of the reasons too why the the run game just didn't go anywhere against the Eagles. Now, credit the Eagles' front seven; they were, they were flying around. Guys like Nigel Bradham was all over the field, and uh, the, the defensive line was doing a good job filling holes. But again, that, that goes back to the O line; they can't. And, and you mentioned like Tyler Larson; like he, he's been okay, but. You know eventually you're gonna hope that Ryan Khalil eventually gets over that neck injury which I, th- I think he is I I think he should he is starting to be on the upswing he might be pretty close to returning so once he gets back I think it'll be um, a big improvement or at least after a little while once he gets back into game shape so but yeah I mean you you, you mentioned guys like Norwell and Darrell Williams they, they've played They've really been the better offensive line here they've kind of held held this group and kind of gelled everything together but overall it's just it's too much hit and miss for a team it's it's too inconsistent um, more consistent than you'd like to see for an offense that we expected to have so much talent and we expected to move the ball a lot better than they are right now um I mean they are they are foreign too but in a division as tough as they're in, that inconsistency is gonna burn them. Even even in a game like this. You know, with the because the Bears have some good defensive players as well on that line. So that if Khalil continues to be inconsistent, then that could spell trouble for Newton. And once again, we could be talking about how the running backs just can't get the ball going. You know, it's for one, they they gotta get them more than thirteen carries. That that's obviously you know you just knew last week was a recipe for disaster when you when the running backs carry it 13 times. Now, yeah, Newton carried it 11 times, but even still, you know, carrying it that few times versus throwing it 50 times. Like that, that number's got to balance out more or things are going to get ugly fast.
0: There's there's some similarities, I think, between these two teams on, on both sides of the ball. You know, we talked about this this being a front seven versus offensive line type of game for the Bears offense versus the Panthers defense clearly it feels like the same kind of matchup on the other side of the ball but you know it's not necessarily you know it's not going to be too ugly i mean there's some there's talent on both sides of this team and we're going to see i think some big defensive plays at the very least and maybe that's not as exciting as the high scoring game but when you have a guy like you know Akeem Hicks in Chicago going up against the Panthers right guard or you know some of these edge defenders in in Carolina going up against the Bears weaker offensive tackles you might see some some quarterback struggles, and you might not see as much running game. But even just the Panthers in generally here, it sounds some similarities to the Bears in terms of offensive play calling. The Bears prior to last week, they were a team that they when they try and establish the run, they'll come out early in the game and run the ball in the first quarter a little bit. And then in the second quarter, they just get pass-happy and kind of come away from it. And then later on in the second half, they go back to the running game and kind of find it again. And I was looking through just some some quick play-by-play game books of the Panthers just to see sort of where the runs and passes are coming. And clearly, this, this is a, a team that's had to pass sometimes where they're just behind in the scoreboard early and have to throw. And other times, it, it feels like their offensive coordinator is it Mike Shula. He, he's calling the... He's just calling passes on, you know, first and 10 and then second and five and and maybe you run on third and short. But it it seems like there's just not even as much of a commitment. Like, do you feel like if if they stuck with it longer, the the one and two yard gains would turn into seven and eight yard gains?
1: Yeah, you just got to, you know, because McCaffrey has shown he can run between the tackles. So if you continue to get him the ball, I think eventually he's going to break some. You know, he only carried four times against the Eagles. That's not enough. He's shown he's a good runner, you know, and and you mentioned Mike Shula. I know Panthers fans will probably be just foaming at the mouth when they hear that name because I've seen, (laughs) like, comments all over. Panthers fans just are not happy with the play calling of Shula. Yeah, the run game's got to be more consistent, absolutely. You know, I I know Jonathan Storr has struggled the last couple weeks, but he he can still get it together, I think. He's still not as bad, even at his age. He's a lot better than what he's shown in the last two weeks, and like, like I just said, McCaffrey, you, you give him more chances to run the ball. I, I think he'll be just fine. So just yeah, more more of a commitment. I think it would do would do this team wonders. Really.
0: Yeah, I know with PFF's numbers on Stewart, he's broken nineteen missed tackles. You know, broken nineteen tackles this season on eighty five carries, which is a pretty darn good rate. And 208 yards after contact with 247 total yards. So it does seem like it's largely him getting met in the backfield or right Mm -hmm. at the line of scrimmage and not being able to then, you know, maybe he makes a guy miss, but it's at the line of scrimmage and gets tackled for a two yard gain. Whereas, you know, other running backs, they get three yards before they get to make the guy miss. And clearly he and McCaffrey, I think, have had issues just trying to have space to work. And that's mm-hmm. why they they move McCaffrey around. They get him out at wide receiver. He's caught. I think he's had 15 targets there. And I, is he the leading? I know he's the leading target getter on this team. Is he also yeah leading catcher, but not quite leading receiver? Do, do they? Do you think they pre-design a lot of plays for him where Cam kind of knows pre-snap? that the ball is going to go to Christian McCaffrey or is he sort of just inserted in normal plays and if the ball gets to him it gets to him but Cam's still going to go through his progression
1: I think it's kind of a mix of the two you definitely see a lot of McCaffrey just kind of being the checkdown option um if if it's not there deep he'll just go to McCaffrey but yeah I I think you can argue that there's definitely times that McCaffrey's the focal point you know they they'll know going in that he's going to get the ball you know whether it's on a screen or Coming out of the slot, um, I'm just actually checking real quick myself as far as rushing goes, um, or, or receiving rather, as far as where McCaffrey stands. And yeah, he is actually he has the most catches on the team, and he's, um, he's actually fourth on the receiving yards. But they're all pretty close there too, yeah. It is pretty close, yeah. It's only about 80 yards behind Benjamin, but he's got about 10 more catches than second place Devin Funches. So it it's been nice to see it's been nice to see him still be involved even after the uh Rivera has kind of worried that they were gonna overuse him. You know, like the quote he used after I think the first game, something like he's he's like a Christmas gift. You know, you don't wanna wear it out too quick. But yeah, so to your point, I think you could definitely kind of argue both sides of the ball, whether he's the focal point or whether he just ends up being the check down option but he's he's effective either way
0: one last thing in the Panthers offense I want to ask you about this team you know when you have a quarterback like Cam Newton and then you add in Christian McCaffrey in the backfield Stewart also and they move Ed Dixon around a lot too how much of the the read option and the and the, you know the zone read are we seeing this year with them maybe as compared to previous years like do you feel like it's it's more or about the same or or maybe even less because of the running struggles where where has that been or how much of their offense has been those read option plays
1: it's kind of here and there i wouldn't say it's a major part of their offense i think maybe about the same if not a little less a lot of it is just kind of your standard you know straight ahead runs or you know outside runs but not necessarily Uh, zone reads but you you still see it sprinkled here and there and you still see kind of the gadget plays you know whether it's McCaffrey or even Curtis Samuel Uh, there have been a couple times where I think two of them have been in the backfield in the wildcat formation so but overall nothing really too exotic it's just kind of your standard ground and pound offense
0: like the way Christian McCaffrey he seems like whenever he touches the ball there's always an opportunity for him to score. You know, not mm-hmm. not necessarily that it's it's a you know it's gonna break off, but you always kind of feel like when you just give him a chance and some space, and let's see what happens. And that's why they have him you know doing punt returns and kickoff returns, and you know they've certainly used Curtis Samuel back there as well. But the Bears last week, everyone knows, they allowed the punt return touchdown, kickoff return touchdown, was a little bit more of a fluke, but generally. They they have allowed some yards here, and I I don't anticipate that they're going to be you know they're going to emphasize special teams I think this weekend and make sure that they don't allow another big one. But that's not to say there's not going to be opportunities for a McCaffrey back there to return punts. I guess what are you anticipating? from him he hasn't had he's breaking up a couple longer ones but he hasn't had uh, the real you know to the house or you know the real flip in the field play I think that his long punt return is 25 and his long mm-hmm. kickoff return is 21 what are you looking for out of the, the special teams from the Panthers in this game
1: certainly would be nice for for Panthers fans if uh if McCaffrey could break one and you know there, there's definitely that that possibility because you know they I read the stats that the the Bears have allowed the most return yards, so whether or not that's going to affect McCaffrey on Sunday remains to be seen. But yeah, like you said, he hasn't exactly he hasn't exactly been. I don't want to say, for lack of a better term, special. You know, he's he's done his job, but not, not, we'll say there's no highlight reel play. That I guess that's a better way to put it.
0: Not dynamic.
1: Yeah, nothing dynamic. Nothing fancy or anything just to you know get the ball and get whatever yards you can so nothing spectacular so this could be the week but you know I, I think you're right where you know perhaps the Bears focus on it a bit more to you know prevent what happened last week from from happening again so it's yeah, you know, as long as he just takes care of the ball, which he's done a, a good job, because I, I don't think he's like muffed any punts or lost any punts or anything like that. So as long as he just continues to take care of the football, he should be fine.
0: Well, we've danced around it a little bit here, talking about the the front sevens and the offensive line, and not this not being as much of a of a passing, high scoring type of affair. So mm-hmm. let's let's get into some game predictions here. Who do you think is going to win this game, and and what score are you willing to put on it?
1: I'm going to say twenty to fourteen Panthers. You know, I I, I think I'm on the boat with you, and that it's going to be fairly low scoring. You know, I, I think the running backs are really going to be the featured guys here, on both sides of the ball, Stewart, McCaffrey, Howard. This could be a game where the, the running backs. Both get their time, and time is taken off the clock, so there won't there won't be as many possessions to go around. So I think points could come at a premium. Um, but I'm going to say the Panthers' offense is just going to have a little bit more um, in, in the tank. You know, the in the experience of Newton. I, I think the pass rush too at times will get to Trubisky and kind of fluster him a little bit. So. The Panthers, I think, will squeak this one out. They're actually the favorites, so. But yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take them by about by about six points here, six seven points.
0: Yeah, I I feel similarly, and I I feel bad because every game preview I have predicted the Bears to lose simply because they they seem to be out-talented by every team they have faced this year, and a lot of times out-coached as well, and and certainly trending up. In the right direction, and mm-hmm. I, I was obviously wrong twice when the Bears went to overtime times <laughs> to win games, but you saw last week, the Bears tried, it seemed like they tried really darn hard to let the Ravens win over and over again, you know, they were up 11, they got to pick six to put them up 11, and then the special teams touchdown, and they allow the Panthers to drive down again and get more points on the board, and then at the end of the game... They gave the Panther, or the, the Panthers, the Ravens the ball back with time on the clock and the Ravens botched it and didn't get down in field goal range to potentially win before overtime. And then even in overtime, they let the Ravens drive down a little bit and had a little bit of some initial issues getting the offense going. It seemed like it was a team, it was a game where the Bears outplayed the Ravens for three quarters and then tried to give it back for the fourth quarter. And it's just a team that can't yet play four quarters of consistent good football. And I'm not sure that it's going to happen this week against the Carolina Panthers. I've been wrong before, but I, I'm similar with you that they're not going to let the Panthers, you know, run up a huge score, but I don't think the Panthers defense is going to let the Bears put up a lot of points either. I'm going to go 17-14 Panthers. I think it stays pretty close throughout and maybe you know, maybe it's a little bit of a wire lead that that shrinks, or maybe the Bears come out to the early lead, and then the Panthers kind of take over. But I think it'll be exciting down to the fourth quarter, even if it's a lot of you know three yard gains and running on third and four and getting shot, stopped a yard short of the fourth down marker, and maybe some punts back and forth. But I think. The Panthers, you know, with Cam Newton at quarterback, they have a, a running game that is waiting to to break out a little bit here, waiting to put everything together, and I think they're the superior coached team and the team with just a little bit more overall talent, and I will take coaching and talent 10 times out of 10. But Bill, you have been a superior talent here on the Locked On Bears-Panthers crossover podcast. It's been fun previewing this game, and I, I, I wish you the best of luck Moving forward, and I encourage all of my listeners to follow you on Twitter at Bill Rossetti. Was there an underscore in there? I don't There's remember. an underscore in there, at yep. Bill underscore Rossetti. Make sure you are subscribed to the Lockdown Bears and Lockdown Panthers podcasts on iTunes. And if you want to be entered in for a chance to win a free pro football focus edge subscription, you can actually enter twice if you leave a review for Lockdown Panthers and Lockdown Bears and leave your Twitter handle in the review. That's two entries into the weekly drawings for PFF Edge subscription. It's a $40 value from Pro Football Focus that includes their player grades, fancy tools, charts, matchups, in-depth draft content, a bunch of good stuff in there. The Locked On Podcast Network is giving them away for free, and you can double your chances if you leave reviews for both Locked On Bears and Locked On Panthers. But Bill once again it's been fun thanks so much for doing this with me yes
1: this, this was a blast buddy always great to talk football to with uh, great minds and greater minds than me so it was a lot of fun and i you know appreciate you putting this together man it was fun
0: yeah of course and give yourself some credit i don't want to say greater mind than you we are we are equals here on the lockdown <laughs> bears panthers well i
1: appreciate Open. that bud